I don't even know where I was going with this. Like, is this just like white people nonsense? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of Brown and Out, the podcast that gives voice to LGBTQ people of color in Vermont. This is part two of our conversation with Elena Littlebug. I would love to ask you mm. <laughs> a very pointed question. Yeah. And it's one of the only I will ask you. Um, to you, what does black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like? <laughs> and, oh. I don't, and I don't mean to laugh. Yeah. But no. I did. I had a I had a guffaw as soon as I said it. Well, it it looks like there's a couple of us out here to me. I have seen trans and queer POC try to organize. Yeah. I've seen it fall apart real quick. What how and why does that happen? Um so you remember Man, you remember Mr. Sister, the yes. slur bar? Yes. We learned, and maybe some of us learned, and maybe some of us are in still, still in denial about it, that um, you can be a gay cisgender man. As a matter of fact, you, you can be any gender in any sexuality and still be a trans misogynist. You can still be transphobic. Sure. You know? Of course. I saw a lot of that because I'm a trans woman who had an opinion during that fallout. Oh, God forbid. You know. And, God forbid you had an opinion. And, and you know, it, it wasn't a popular opinion. And I, I got a lot of shit for it. So we, we know that you can be, you, you know, like, it's almost like, you know how, you know how, oh, maybe you don't, but I, I've heard it, like, since I came out as trans, like, when people are trying to make sure that I know that they're hip and that they're cool and that they get it, they use the fact that I have lots of gay friends, you know, but we also know it's, that's like I'm familiar with this like, phenomenon. Oh, I have black friends. I have, you know, trans friends, I have trans friends, et cetera. You know, so, so therefore I can't right. discriminate against you. Oh, certainly not. Because other people who belong to your group, we get along. Right. And so within... Within the trans and queer, like, population around here who are also POC, mm-hmm. like, there are still folks who are transphobic. There are still people who are trans misogynist, and I've, I've encountered them. Like, there's, there's no, like, I'm actually more afraid of talking about my bad experiences with people that are from within those, like, affinity groups or talking about the like it it it's gut wrenching because that's like acknowledging that and and I'm probably like kind of approaching new territory right now in my own mind. So forgive me if I'm a little shaky on Please this. Please go. But like, Just go forward. What frightens me so much about that is it's kind of like a last bastion for me. You know, you I don't want to lose that thread. I don't. You're I scared really of. Don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this is such a small town that it's mm-hmm. like I know, you know, like they, there are dudes in particular, mm. you know, like black dudes. Mm-hmm. These black dudes who like 
are just not a fan of Elena in any way whatsoever. One of them, like, refers to me as it and, and like, you know, has called me, like, an animal or, or shamed me about stubble or anything like that so and just, like, straight up called me a man. And, where are you supposed to go from there? Yeah, exactly. Where and do we go from there? Like, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, like, in, this, in the same way that's kind of, like, I'm not a transphobe, like, you're just a piece of shit, and, and, you know, people just don't like you because of you, it doesn't have anything to do with your trans status, but also you're a man, and also, like, you're a fucking psychopath, and you have, like, a mental disorder because you think you're a woman, and I'm like, oh, but you're not transphobic, and it's like, it's like, if somebody came up to me and just, like, went on this racist diatribe, like, just every, every thing that you can think of, like, oh, well, you're all just a bunch of, like, welfare fucking, like, degenerates, and why do you have such a problem with other people killing you when you're killing yourselves faster, and, you know, like, nobody hates you because you're black, it's it's just because you're all a a bunch of degenerates. Conduct yourself with respect, right? conduct yourself with respect, (laughs) and I'm not, I'm not racist, you nigger, and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) just cherry on top. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing, and it is, I I agree. like, I don't know, like, my, my experience has, has predominantly been, like, basically just, like, fending off any urge to like have a community necessarily because I, I just know like this the second that I, I let my guard down with with such a concept I'm, I'm gonna find myself in a in a wolf's den you know uh, and I just I that's that's my own like PTSD coming through like and I, I've struggled with that for a long time but like, that's real that's real and and like I have I still have episodes to this day from, like, the whole Mr. Sister controversy and, in like, the trans town hall that happened. Did you receive death threats? Um, it's, it's hard to say. What I, what I received the most was just, like, super ambiguous kind of, like... Every everything that I got in my inbox was trash. It was garbage, you know. Like in in my like message request sec- section, it was just it was garbage, and I tried not to pay attention to it, but I did. Like and you know, like I never at any given point want to see a political cartoon made of me again, you know. And and like there was one that was swirling about of this image of me with a jackhammer. And, and, like, um, there's a stone sculpture below me, and I'm, I'm jackhammering away the T from LGBT, you know? Or I think it was LGBTQ, and I was jackhammering away those. Like, I was the person. Like, it was very unambiguously trying to be like, oh, Elena is the reason why there's a divide in, in this community, you know? And I had been called things. The black woman. Yeah. It, and Isn't like, that interesting? Isn't well, that interesting? I spoke. Of all the people who's responsible for... <laughs> I just... It, it was shit. It was just such a shit time. And, and like, I went to, a, like, a community event the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a kind of like a political event. And I, I, I managed to stay to the point where they were just starting the event. Because here I am in this, like, auditorium. And I, sh- I should have been able to stay, you know. It was, like... 
but like I just had this flashback of being at the the trans town hall and being like I can't do this again like I, I can't I don't want to be political like I don't I don't want people to treat me the way that they treated me during that time because like you know in the end I I can't pretend I wasn't hurt like I honestly I feel like I feel like since coming out and coming out when I did and sort of like seeing this like it came out a little bit before, like, there was the Time Magazine trans tipping point cover with... Uh, Liver and Cox. Cox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I used that just as, like, a focal point to be, like, it was around that. People recognize that. Yeah, people recognize that. It's an easy... It was, like, 2014 or something like that. So, since then, we've, like, moved on. We've, we've, we've diversified the conversation. We've complicated it. We've uncomplicated it. We've... Um, you know, open the door for like gender non-conforming and and agender people and 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 like this is all a really good thing. Like in doing so, like I think I I had like tricked myself into believing that like I could just conduct myself like any other person, and like the fight was over. Yeah, well, not like the fight was over so much as like. I, at least I have enough allies around me who are who are gonna like have my back, and, and to a certain extent I did, but to another extent like like trans black trans women were made into the same trope and ha- still suffer from this of like having to be tougher than everybody else and and not seeking real actual help and healing when they need it, and and like. That's something that I experienced prior to coming out and something that I experienced in a whole different way, but still functionally the same way after being out is that like, you know, my role models have to be like Marsha P. Johnson and they have to be like Sylvia Rivera and, you know, people who who say fuck this shit to other people and yell and kick and scream and they're tough and they're resilient and they bounce back and... And, like, man, I just, I literally, like, I don't believe in that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger bullshit. Like, You just want to chill sometimes? It's not even that I want to chill. It's that I literally feel weaker after, like, having a really tough, like, you know, situation like that. People are just, you know, being hurtful to be hurtful and, like... You know, I'm trying to do the right thing here. I'm, like, trying to say the right things, trying to do the right things. I'm trying to educate people and, like, give them the tools so they can do the same. And I'll just get, like, you're you're a fucking man on on every side or, you know, like, even within, within, like, like, they're TERFs. They're fucking, like... A TERF, by the way, is... A a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And this... This area is not like free of them. There, are, there are lots of them around here. I date women, and I, you know, I, I've seen people like make posts online about me that are being like, "Oh, I can't," you know, because there was like a seven days cover with me on it or something like that. There was, yeah, it was right after the Mister Sister debate, and 
Um, Do we need to say what the Mr. Sister debate is? Yeah, I guess we should provide <laughs> context. Like, I hate we, to do it. I want to keep it super short, though, because it's like... I feel like a lot of our listeners are probably... Probably aware, aware of, of what the Mr. Yeah, Sister... Yeah, but there's... So, so, I mean, so Craig is a community member. He's a gay cis male, a uh, white male who uh, had a, a great venue in the city of Winooski just outside of Burlington called Oak 45, and I believe it was towards the end of last year and into the beginning of this year that he announced that he was going to, like, change everything around to be kind of an unambiguous gay bar mm-hmm. for this, which was, like, great news, like, awesome. It's fucking good great. on paper. It's, it looks good on paper. <laughs> like, here's the thing, is, like, it would be the one gay bar, and everybody wanted it, right? Like, we all wanted that shit. So, and it should have been a no-brainer, in my opinion, for what to name the place, because, like, if you're the only gay bar, you could just call it the gay bar. And, that like, that's my way of doing it. Not everybody has my sense of like super dry humor like that but like it it really should have been a no-brainer he chose to call it mr sister um which is just super transphobic and and like in particular trans misogynist and and like i don't know how many different ways that i could explain how that's the case because it became this huge debate of whether or not the term was actually even transphobic and it seemed to me that the only people who thought that the name was not transmisogynist or transphobic were non-trans people mm-hmm. and their tokens who were like, oh, well, I have a trans friend who says that it's fine. And I'm like, okay, well, th- th- here's a bunch of trans people that don't think it's fine. And like, while your friend's opinion on it is valid, if the name is harming other people, then you're your friend's opinion doesn't count because it's harming people. The opinion of people who are being harmed is what counts. And uh, the proprietor, Craig, doubled down and was like, I'm not changing the name for you fucking tranny fucks. Like, you know, like fucking suck it. And, and he doubled down and the Pride Center of Vermont was like, well, we don't want to get involved. It's a private business. It's not our place to do that. And we're like... Mm, okay, like, no, you you can denounce that. Like, you absolutely can. Uh, this isn't a political issue. This is, like, your community is being harmed. You need to advocate for us. You need to speak up on our behalf, and you need to make a statement that shows that you don't support And they harming. did, right? And after a long, arduous, heated debate, uh, which was called the Trans Town Hall, um, and I spent most of that night yelling at people being like fuck you your opinion is invalid people don't tend to like that i'll admit that people don't tend to <laughs> like that. your opinion is invalid is is not or, like a good thing to say to people however my stake in this is that at the time i was working in winooski mm-hmm. i spend time in winooski um if there was ever a sign in front of that building, um, I can imagine there's probably a point where, say, my son sees it. In normalizing, like, words that hurt me to the point where my son is, like, using them doesn't sit well with me. And if I need to explain the reasons why, then I will, but I feel like I don't want my son saying stuff that hurts my feelings. Uh, I want to be able to love this kid. <laughs> You know, and I always will, but like, 
I'm already afraid. Like, he's a boy, and, like, I'm afraid of what's going to happen when he has boyfriends, and um, it, I don't want him to, like, give up on me because there's transphobia and transmisogyny in the world, and, like, you know, I want him to be my friend, too, and I want him to be able to, like, love me and love me openly like I do for him. Um, and, like, even at the time, like, the, the kid is just so aware of, of, like, he's kind of like me. Like, he's a little bit, like, marketing-oriented and visually-oriented, and he'll just, like, read off signs and be like, you know, even on the Winooski roundabout, he's like, what's our house? He's like, what's the monkey house? Like, you know, what are all these places? And I'm like, uh, I need to explain that to you now. Like, I'm going to explain bars and, like, Oh, our house is dope. Let's, this is totally an endorsement. Our, our house is dope. Let's Good go brunch. get some brunch. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we do get brunch there. So, you know, if you're feeling like you want to bring your kids somewhere, <laughs> get on down to our house on the sure. Circle. Um, like, so, so yeah, that was all shit. That's, that's what Mr. Sister is. I mean, he didn't even double down on it. He tripled down. I eventually wrote him this letter and, I, and like I wrote it as an open letter I wrote him a few personal messages on Facebook and mm-hmm. um, ultimately I even ended up trying to support him because he did change the name of the bar eventually he changed it to like the bridge club right do you feel like it was too little too late oh without a doubt and regardless of how I feel about it like it just obviously was the bar closed you know the facts stand and you know I tried I tried within my circles to be like alright guys like he changed the name like, let's have a gay bar. Like, let's support him. And, and like, a few times I, I showed up, I bought, like, a couple of drinks, I donated 50 bucks to his, his uh, GoFundMe. Yeah. And most of the people who who were, like, you know, with me on this were like, Elena, it's, it's too late. Like, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you've said. I appreciate all the fucking bullshit that you've had to put up with. Um, but, like no way like I, there's just no way because there's just so much hate man it was like ridiculous um like I, I, st- I still heard over it like I said like I tried to go to this this like public political event and I just I seized up I was like I have to get out of here there's no way that I'm gonna sit through this this kind of thing I don't you felt like how you felt at that um town hall I, meeting I felt like I felt like if I said anything, mm-hmm. like, I don't care if it was like, I, I stood up and was like, oh, hey, I, I'm just wondering where the bathroom is. Like, and <laughs> people would look well, at that me. That could be controversial too, can Racking up, like, just, just I, I would just like be, you know, like, I, I just felt that way. And it, you know, I would say like, you know, maybe a ton of it was in my head and that, like, I, I wish I could have stayed, but I had to, I just had to go like I couldn't be in that space out of fear of kind of like who's gonna come for me you know and like what what it's a rational fear I would say yeah like I well I feel like it's irrational to the extent that like in my heart of hearts I would like to participate in like public discourse around things especially in this town but Mm -hmm. like that that event in particular has has made yet another hurdle towards like just being a part of regular discourse are you saying that you feel like the more you speak out the less 
You're taken seriously? I don't think it's that I'm taken seriously. As a matter of fact, I think it's it's like the more I speak out, the more seriously I, I am taken. But I think a lot of people... And that has negatives. Yeah, a lot of people consider me like, and not just me, but just like trans people in general as like, you know, like something assaultive to their, their very ideology, to their personhood. Like there are folks who believe that that trans women are inherent rapists, like that our, our very existence is a form of rape. This is like a turf ideology. There are people who, you know, within the queer and trans community... I, well, I shouldn't say queer and trans. Like, I should say... Like, there are cisgender, gay, lesbian, bisexual people who, who believe that, like, we don't belong in their movement because it's, like, normalizing a mental illness because they don't believe that we're actually our genders. They believe that we're just you know, mentally ill. So they're saying that trans people are a blockade to... To their legitimacy. LGBTQ rights. Basically. Less so on the queer side, because okay. people that identify as queer typically have, like... Um, in, in my experience, just like the queer folks that I know, my partner, for instance, identifies as queer, and she, like... Um, she does so because that's what fits her the best. Mm-hmm. And she's, you, you know, if we, if we like go back to that whole debate, like a lot of the rhetoric that I was seeing from cisgender gay men was like, well, if, if people can use the term queer, which is a slur, then we can use this. And it's like, but don't you think that was like a lot of, I think that's a lot games. of games. It was just like a game, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's a lot of bullshit, obviously. And like, that's not even actually a very good argument because what you're doing is then you're validating the feelings of the trans people who, who feel hurt by the term Mr. Sister, because you're saying that these are equal. I feel hurt because queer, I believe is a slur. You feel hurt because Mr. Sister is a slur. So, so someone is right. So yeah. someone has to be right, right? Yeah. If, if one of us is right, then uh-huh. you're invalidating your argument that Mr. Sister is not a slur. And, like, you know, logic games aside, it's just obviously a bunch it, of bullshit. It sounds like, like some white nonsense. It's some white nonsense is exactly <clears throat> what it is. Um... <laughs> wow, we talked a lot about a lot of things. I just... So, uh, the name of this podcast is... Brown and out. Brown and out. Um, and I guess I just want to know when and where do you feel most, or let's put it another way, when did you last feel brown and out? Is brown and out like a positive thing? Like I'm, I'm like able to be a person of color and out and be like, yo, this is my, this is my life. This is my pride. This is like, that's a good question. Yeah. I think it's open-ended and I will, I will, I will, (laughs) I will offer to you uh, my own answer to the question. Please. Um, you're aware of the pride center of Vermont. I am. Okay. Um, I don't know that I'm the biggest and best supporter of them, but when I can, I like to because I feel I feel like they're a good organization. Yeah. I do. And beyond that, you know, they are definitely the best that we have. Yeah. For sure. They're they're the they're the best and better. 
but you know we have the Pride Center, and I definitely um, am aware that, let's say, amid recent controversies, Ow. they have lost some support. Oh, for Are sure. Are you aware of that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. So knowing that, I try to step up like a little bit more than I have in the past. Right on. So they had um, at a local establishment, an eating establishment, they had a community night where, you know, when you go and whatever you order to eat and drink and stuff, a percentage of that will go to the Pride Center. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I attended, you know, these, this community night at a local restaurant recently, and I wound up sitting at a table with um, three or four other gay men of color. And to me, I don't know. I feel like, okay, that's not something so remarkable in a different city or a different state. But that's remarkable here. But when we talk about Vermont and we say, okay, like, to get, like, just, you know, having dinner, it's not like we didn't have an agenda, you know what I mean? But just, like, for gay men of color to get together and just break bread, it, just, it, it seemed it was a weirdly, like, political moment, and we were just having tacos, you know what I mean? Yeah. We were just like, oh, for sure. We were Absolutely. just having tacos, chips and guac, just shooting the breeze. But it felt radical because I felt like we all know that. You know what I mean? That's not what like it looks like all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just oh, not for sure. a typical scene. And I, maybe you have to live here to understand why that is. I don't know. I don't think you do. I think it's just, you know... I mean, <laughs> the way I see it is honestly, like, there is no way that white folks aren't noticing that. You mm-hmm. know, there's no way that they're just, like, sitting, you know, <laughs> like, white folks notice one brown person. Thank you. You okay. know, like, so for, for you to, like, even claim that is kind of like a radical thing in and of itself to be like, yo, I'm going to be conscious of this right now. And quite frankly, like, I almost... I, because I'm the most awkward person in the world, I always call it out. I'll be like, it, <laughs> did you just see? <laughs> even right now, I'm fighting the urge right to be like, can you believe that we're both like brown people? Like, oh my so God. Are you, are you yeah. feeling brown and out right I'm, now? I'm feeling brown and out. No, absolutely I'm feeling brown and out. Can, yes. can I go back to my like nebulous, my nebulous idea of what like brown and out could mean? Because, oh, like, sure. Yes. Ex- I, yes. And this is, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like really energetic while I do it because yeah. it's a little bit of a depressing thought, but like okay. brown and out can totally also mean to me, like mm. being brown and out was kind of like, yo, like, white supremacy got me down. Yo, like, <laughs> hetero patriarchy got me down. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh-huh. z- yo, xenophobia and, like, ableism got me down right now. So, you know what? I'm going to do some, some motherfucking, like, white girl self-care. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to, like, give myself <laughs> a petty. And I'm going to, like, do my nails. And, like, that's a browning out moment for me. But, like, browning out the way you describe it, like, it is, it is literally, like, it's the wins. It's, it's like, browning out for me is, like, shit, there's, there's fucking, like, Nazis and shit everywhere. And, like, whenever I can identify somebody who is, like, unabashedly like i am not a nazi i am totally anti-fascist like fuck that shit i am like i i can't help but just be like 
let's do this, comrade. We we fascists. <laughs> like I can't. In my country. In, in my country, we do not tolerate this. We, <laughs> it is socialism or die. So, like, I, when I see that, and I do see that often, and I do have a lot of friends that are like, you know, I I never even ask them necessarily if I'm like, yo, are you down to like. <laughs> like go riot in some shit but I'm um, waiting for that day where it's like let's go riot in some shit now I need to mention uh, a recent Facebook status of yours oh no you well oh no I would be remiss if I didn't mention <laughs> you saying recently who's down to start a militia fuck yeah so I, I think that you might have been having a brown and out moment at I was that having time. a little bit of a brown and out moment I mm-hmm. think I think my idea is just that like <laughs> yo, yo like legitimately I am I am terrified of like of like uh, you'll see images of, of of people in like Nebraska and in fucking Wyoming or North Dakota and they're all like they're doing like paramilitary training and stuff like that and aside from all of those people like you know, I know what the police white leisure are. activities white we could also call them. <laughs> it's like, what does it look like? What it, what does it look like to have like a queer black fucking militia? Of I'm people? with it. Like I'm with it all the way. But I don't know. I would have to own guns. I've been clinically depressed in the past. Like I don't know if I am necessarily the ideal candidate for, like, leading the charge to make this militia because, like, I can't even guarantee my own safety. Like, and that's that's legit, and it sounds like I'm, like, jokey about it, but, like, that's, that's how guns kill people the most in this country is by suicide, and, like, I wish I could be like, yo, life is really good, and, like, things never really look down, but, like, um... And on the other hand, I don't. I don't want to just be like, "Oh, life is shit. Like, this fucking sucks, and and nothing is ever good." But like, that's how it feels on that extreme when we have ups and downs. Like, especially like if you've you've struggled with like PTSD, if you struggle with depression or anxiety or anything like that. I would. I would. I don't want to say I would. I don't want to say I would discourage gun ownership necessarily. Uh, I would, however, beg people to make sure that they get counseling and see a doctor and see if there's anything that they can do to kind of get that shit under wraps. But like, Be- know, before one got a gun, yeah. And for me, I don't, I don't think that I'm necessarily a prime candidate to own one. And I, and you're for Congress taking actions to make it harder to access guns. Oh fuck yeah! yeah. Of course, of course. Just asking. It just see, yeah. It seems like it would just keep people safer. I don't think I've heard of a gun yet that was meant to like save lives for reals. Like I know a lot of people out there believe that there are, but they are for taking life. We could do a whole different podcast on that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So the Facebook status. I I didn't imagine (laughs) back to the militia. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't imagine it kind of like taking off. I ended up having like. you know, a pretty deep conversation about the uh, merits to... It turned into a punching people conversation with this one friend of mine, and he's kind of like... Are you talking about punching Nazis? Punching Nazis. Pun- mm-hmm. Punching them Nazis. Are you talking about the ethical... Yeah. Yeah. So he, Argument he, behind to punch or to not punch a Nazi? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, my friend, um, <laughs> his thoughts were that... Uh, 
and, and these are his words, that, that assaulting someone is, or no, he said that punching people or, not, or violence, I'm not sure how he phrased it actually, so I won't say the exact quote, but um, he says always 100% wrong. Hmm. And I'm like, dude, that's just not right. Like, that's not right at all because before in the conversation he's talking about like good fences making good neighbors in the context of like political borders, I believe, and I'm like... Um, Does that mean you just um, block out the people you don't want to hear or see or interact with? You just kind of yeah. But I'm trying to think of what methodology does anyone have at their disposal to thwart a person from, say, walking wherever the fuck they want. Um, usually, the threat of violence is how they do it. How, so. how can a black person in this country defend themselves against white supremacy? Well, it, I mean, my part of the conversation, I did a little bit of just like kicking the old peanut around in my head before responding. And I'm like, well, wait a second. <laughs> like what is the right way? Because like we've been systematically denied access to wealth, education, political power, the, the democratic process, healthcare. like healthcare. And, and like, I think that's a lot of the reason why a lot of like white lefties are now kind of like really gearing up right now is because they're actually like facing some of the same shit that, Oh, the opioid ep- epidemic of oh, the epidemic. Right. Like where was my fucking, like, I don't want to belittle know. it. I don't want to downplay it. Every, person of color, I would say, who is aware of what the issue is, sees the irony, though. Oh, yeah. That we get locked up for it and they get compassion. That there is suddenly a nationwide move to look upon addicts with compassion Mm -hmm. that was sorely lacking... During the war on drugs. When black and brown people were the face of addiction. Yeah, when we were the face of addiction. And then on top of that, like, there was a war on drugs that was initiated by by Bill Clinton during his presidency. And, you know, like, I am not the kind of person, like, who's going to be like, yo, Hillary Clinton's a piece of shit because of what... (laughs) Because of you're what, not for the record. Yeah, that. no, I'm not saying that. Okay, she's not a piece of shit for what her husband did in office. She's a piece of shit because she's a piece of shit. So like, <laughs> that's a controversial statement. I know, but Speaking like, mind. you know, I'm just kind of thinking like, like the war on drugs was just it was just fucking systemic racism. That's all it was. It was a it was a way to lock up black and brown people for minor offenses. Like this three strikes rule is bullshit because like you're going to use up two uh just as soon as you arrest someone and they're already facing like the economic struggles of just being a person of color in the United States. And by the way, they can't afford bail. They can't afford to miss work to go to court to fight this thing and then there's two strikes right there for missing the court date and they arrest them a third time and then boom you're like this is the reality this is the reality and and like you know we see that we see we see fucking like the the industry that's going to be born from legalization of marijuana is going to profit mostly white men we know that we already know that, and and like so few people are stepping up to be like, uh, so you know that thing called reparations? Like y'all still haven't done that shit. And can we at least just free some? Look at what Colorado did. Look at what Colorado did, and like 
their their school like taxing the shit out of marijuana funds their schools it funds their infrastructure their like utilities their roads like it's just been an economic boom for them mm-hmm. like it's a billion dollar industry it's a billion dollar industry and it's it's in a country that that like locked so many they're still in black jail. and brown people they're still in jail still there and like none of that tax money is even being considered from the top, like it's not coming from the top levels of being like, oh, yo, we made a mistake and we have an opportunity here to make it right. It's like, take that tax money, do something meaningful and beneficial for the communities that y'all fucking destroyed. Like, repair that shit. Like, black people and brown people and queer people have always been a backbone of so many industries it, we built this fucking country we built the industries that like laid the groundwork for the industrial revolution and so on and like no penance has been paid no nothing nothing and here we are on the verge of another boom and i don't i don't see who's who's speaking up yet who's actually in a position to like legislate to make these tax changes all i see is tax changes that are are going to fucking like the benefit people who are privileged from birth, you know. It's garbage. Garbage! It is. I want to play the song We Built This City right now. I just want to play that. <laughs> is that... No, that would be wrong. No, it That's, wouldn't. It would not. We built this city. But I don't... I think we have to pay people if we say we that. We built this city on rock and roll. But if, well, we, if we, we play that, we have to pay... Jefferson Starship a certain amount of money. And this is a free podcast. Is like, it this a free is... podcast? Totally. Yeah. Yo, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I was told. Oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. You know what the thing is? Is like we, we could still just kind of like, <laughs> for when you do start getting paid to do it, you could like make a segment like just between for like commercials. I guess you wouldn't have to record it right now. But if you did, who's, who's like the best? Who's like the best? Who do you want to sponsor you? Nike? Nike. Not at all. <laughs> no, you don't want, why you don't, you don't why want would it Nike. be? Any closing? Anything? A closing remark. Um, I mean... Well, closing <laughs> closing remark to you. I mean, thank you so much. I love fucking hanging out with you. I love the idea when you... <laughs> he's... It, did you just dab? You dabbed. No. He dabbed. The people will never know if I dabbed or not. It's, it's Schrodinger's dab. <laughs> it's Pavlovian. Yeah. Somehow, my dab. I don't know. It's not. It's it, it, no, it's Pavlovian now. It's canon. Because <laughs> people are like, they're dabbing at, at home. And they're not, dabbing at home. Not even knowing. I'm so excited for this. Like, I'm so excited for, for your podcast, and I can't wait to hear more. And I would say, like, I would say, like, I'm excited to hear more from you. But that's only because, like, I spoke so much. I'm excited to hear more from you. I'm excited to hear more from you and whoever your next guest is. Like, it might, it they're going to have... <laughs> oh, my God, can I? Can I? Can I? I would love to come back and do more. But, like, also, like, let's... Yeah, let's get more people. All right. Oh, my God, do we close on that? This cool. is so fun. I love yeah. you. Okay. Thank you for such a fun time. Love you too. That was fabulous. Thanks for listening to the second episode of Brown and Out. Don't forget to subscribe to Brown and Out on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Brown and Out and on Instagram at Brown and Out Podcast. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, 
you can contact me at regwhat at gmail.com. That's R-E-G-W-H-A-T at gmail.com.